Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chapter 4. We are in our fourth chapter of the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, franchise. This is our, we are doing the continuations. We are getting towards the very end of our movie marathon. And um, we're talking about the fourth chapter, which came out in 2011. It had been four years since we had seen a proper uh, sequel to Pirates of the Caribbean. And this film picks up uh, some quite some time after the events of Pirates uh, Pirates 3. This was the first film to feature a whole new cast and crew. Um, it's a new director, new writers. Uh, basically knew everything with the exception of one Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and I think Jeffrey Rush and probably maybe one or two other characters from the previous Pirates of the Caribbean film uh, are the only characters to uh, return for this film. And uh, it's kind of surprising how many people did not return for this film. Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, none of those people returned uh, from the previous film. Johnny Depp is, is probably the holdout from the last one and everything like that, but... Um, uh, this film is directed by Rob Marshall, a new director, and new characters include uh, Ian McShane as Captain Blackbeard, our main antagonist, and uh, uh, Penelope Cruz as Angelica, which is an old flame of Johnny Depp in a lot of ways. And um, basically, this film they hint on this film quite uh. Very, very uh, few times in the first film, in the third film. In the third film, at the end of the third film, Jack Sparrow steals the, uh, Jack Sparrow steals the, the, the circular map that Barbosa took from Sal Fang, and in it he discovers the Fountain of Use, the, the ship of Ponce de Leon, and everything like that, and this film picks up where, basically, it covers that, basically. And everything like that. It doesn't, however, follow that same storyline. But the storyline of that, this is probably going to be the Fountain of Youth storyline. And of all of that, of all of that stuff going on, uh, Jack Sparrow not only is left with the uh, the idea that Jack Sparrow is left with just the map, no ship, no nothing. And everything like that. He gets to London. And he is uh, framed for being in London. Uh, for finding a ship. Of course, obviously, he's a pirate. So, And uh, they frame him for something he did not do. He does not understand how he has just arrived in London. And is already wanted in that sense. And everything like that. Come to find out, there is somebody dressed up like Jack Sparrow. Trying to impersonate him. And it's revealed to be uh, Angelica, who is, like I said, an old love interest of Johnny Depp, of uh, Jack Sparrow in this film. And this kind of plays on the fact that, you know, the past always comes back to haunt you and everything like that. And uh, I think the idea behind this was it was going to be something different. Angelica reveals to be the long-lost daughter of Captain Blackbeard, a notorious uh uh, pirate captain who is 
in search of the Fountain of Youth, and they're trying to do everything they can to make sure that that happens. Um, Jack is sent by the British government to kind of stop them. The Spanish government is also involved, but they don't really have uh, a mainstay in this film. So everybody's looking for the Fountain of Youth to kind of basically settle their own differences and everything like that. So it then becomes a race across time that, you know, Jack must now find the Fountain of Youth in order to save his own skin. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to kind of save his own skin when somebody that he cares about, Angelica, uh, is kind of caught in the middle. He knows he knows he can't really do this the way he wants to. He knows it's not necessarily going to work in a sense that uh, there's only one way this is going to work. Some, in, order to, in order to obtain eternal life, there has to be a sacrifice. And according to Blackbeard, he's, going, he's willing to sacrifice his own daughter nonetheless and everything like that. So it kind of gets complicated. This is the first time the film... like. Pirates, the first Pirates of the Caribbean was the swashbuckling tale of Jack Sparrow. The second film was a part one of a much darker tone, as far as a darker theatrical tone. To whereas part three was the second part of that tone, but now it's a dark visual tone and everything like that. So when we get to four, four goes to being more of the... Um, Four ends up being more of the uh, of the supernatural. It goes more into that, you know, more of like uh, zombified pirates and everything like that. And you know, the idea that Blackbeard can Blackbeard's ship is in a lot of ways is kind of like Davy Jones's ship. That even though he's not necessarily cursed, he can use his own sword and his powers of what looks to be telekinesis to manipulate everything and things like that. And that's kind of interesting to see that kind of way, but and then uh, they're they're introduced to a lot more different types of things. Uh, they're they're first introduced to mermaids, which I thought was hilarious. The fact that they introduce mermaids into this film, but they're not looked at as the way a di- when you think of Disney and mermaids, your first your first thought is probably going to be the Little Mermaid. Pirates of the Caribbean took that concept and just ran into a much darker uh much darker theme with that uh in this film the mermaids are fucking vile creatures that will rip your throat out and have a smile on their face like the scene the mermaid scene in this film uh when one of the one of the things they need to to uh to complete this fountain of youth ritual is the tear of a mermaid so they're trying to do the best they can to kidnap this mermaid and this mermaid scene on the water where they're all attacking the, the guys on the ship and everything like that is it's pretty intense when you think about it it's pretty intense to say the least and everything like that it's played for horror and everything like i said this was something that we had not seen in um in a pirates of the caribbean film and to see that was just something interesting to see and everything like that but uh this was something vastly different vastly in a lot of vastly it looked and felt like Pirates of the Caribbean but from a story time from a storytelling standpoint and a visual standpoint it kind of just felt um it kind of just felt the same uh this film didn't really break any new ground it entered it tried to be different from the first two or from the first three anyway and you you get the idea that they did everything they could to kind of do all that and 
in reality, it ended up just being kind of a little bit of a knockoff, so to speak. Like they're trying to imitate imitate themselves in a lot of ways. Penelope Cruz and Ian McShane are great additions to the character. Are great additions to the to the film itself. The chemistry between uh, Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz are is phenomenal. Uh, this is probably the second or third movie that they've done together. And I thought that this, I thought that was just an incredible chemistry that those two had together. You really see the trope, you really kind of see the, the, the tortured love story there. The fact that she honestly did love Jack Sparrow and the fact that he kind of still loves her and everything like that and is willing to do anything and everything he can to kind of save her. But at the same time, still being true to himself and everything like that, that was kind of played up for cool. Played, you know, played to be cool and everything like that. But the character of Ian McShane playing Blackbeard was just, it was much darker than what we got with Davy Jones because he's not a man cursed to live, uh, cursed to live forever on this, uh, on this earth. He's just a bad man all the way together. He has no sympathy for anything or anybody uh, but himself. You know, he's, you know, he doesn't have the ability of eternal life. He just has the ability to kind of, you know, bend and manipulate, you know, things to his will. And when he does that in this film throughout the entire thing, he's a much more menacing villain than Davy Jones and um, and uh, Captain Barbosa in this uh, sense that, you know, he does not care. He does not care who, what he has to do, who he has to kill or anybody he's upset with in the film can all just kind of, you know, either join him or, you know, suffer at the hands of his will. So the idea that this film kind of goes into a little bit of a different direction in a sense, in a sense but still keeping the same foundations that have already been established was a, was a good try. I think the overall story about how we're trying to find the fountain of youth and Jack Sparrow's doing this not only to save his own skin but to avoid being caught and everything like that. And I was like, well, that's kind of the same thing that they've been doing for the past two movies. You know, the first film, he did it because he had a plan. To whereas the second film, because of what's going on around him, he has to adjust a little bit. You know, the only reason he's helping the British government is to kind of save his own skin. And the only reason he goes along with the Blackbeard plan is because to save Angelica. And it really kind of goes to show you that this, this film is convoluted as fuck. It's all over the place. You kind of got two different stories, different motivations, and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. See, with Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, it does that, but you have two movies to kind of figure it all out. To whereas on uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 4 on Stranger Tides, it, you know, it's kind of jumbled together in a sense that, all right, we can just kind of get there and get out of there. But when you do something like that, when you're in and out, you lose your core audience and you lose kind of the storytelling aspect. You get bored about halfway through. Then when it picks up again, you're so... If you're bored halfway through, by the time it picks up again, you're going to lose that sense of what the hell is going on here. Like, why are the fucking mermaids attacking the guys on the ship? You know, why are they? Why do they have fangs coming out of their mouths or anything like that? And and it really kind of goes to show you that this this movie tried to be different. It tried to be, it tried to be different in a way that was, you know, they they saw what the first three films did and they wanted to go another route rather than going a dark and twisted route. They went the whole supernatural route. And the supernatural route would have worked had they, you know, made the story less convoluted and a little bit more interesting. You know, if the if it's complicated, you're going to lose the core audience, and by the time the audience 
by the time you get the audience's entrance back up, the movie's almost over. Then, like, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, those movies were at least two and a half hours, to whereas On Stranger Tide is barely cutting it at two hours. And, you know, so despite having some good additions to the film and still having that that Disney fun in the aspect of it and kind of being edgy in a lot of ways as far as the darkness and everything like that, it's you admire the attempt that they made, but at the same time, it's an attempt that failed. It's not the best Pirates of the Caribbean, and it sure as hell is not the worst because, you know, we'll get there eventually. But um, it wasn't a massive disappointment. It was just disappointing. You're excited to see something different. You, you see the new characters and the new direction that they're going in, but then when you watch the movie, it's like, all right, we've seen this before. And then, well, I shouldn't say that. Not the fact that you've seen this before, but the idea that your your hopes are a little your hopes are peaked. But then again, when you watch the movie, you're disappointed because it's kind of generic and bland at the same time. They they do a lot to introduce new things, new characters, new um, you know new aspects to the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, uh, universe. But you know it's nothing we haven't seen before. It's a good movie from. If you've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean, you probably enjoy it. But if you're watching the movie from, like, I, I look at it the same way I look at Halloween 5. Like, Halloween 5 is an okay movie if you don't watch Halloween 4. Pirates of the Caribbean 4 is pretty good if you didn't watch the first three. Like, if you watch the first one and then skip two and three, you'll probably have fun with Pirates of the Caribbean on, on Stranger Tide. But if you're doing, like, a movie marathon like we did... You're like, okay, this is a little bit of a dip. I think it was better than three, but I don't think it was better than two, if that makes sense. So, uh, in a lot of ways, this movie just kind of left us not scratching your head, but you're just kind of like, eh, it's kind of like a meh type movie and everything like that. But, I mean, if you're a completionist like I am, you got to watch it all the way through and try to see what happens when we get to the end. Um... But it was fun. I mean, like I said, these movies don't happen without Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is still on top of his game. Like I said earlier, he has an amazing chemistry with Penelope Cruz. Ian McShane as the new villain as Blackbeard is really cool. He had he had a little bit of spookiness to him in a lot of ways and things like that. But overall, I don't think they capitalize on what on the goodness. Like the there's a lot of good things about it, but it's just overall it didn't it didn't mesh well together. Like Spider Man Three, the Tobey Maguire film. You know that movie. There's a lot of good things in it, but it just doesn't mesh well with the new stuff that they're trying to do and everything like that. It's like another, like I said, it's a basically, it almost is basically like Spider-Man 3. They introduce a whole bunch of ideas, but because of the convoluted storyline and all these characters coming together at once, it really just kind of falls apart, you know, about halfway through. And I think Stranger Tides does that too. They they have this idea of to get to the Fountain of Youth, but you have to go through like you have to jump through like three different hoops in order to get there, and it's just kind of all over the place when you have all these characters, different motivations and everything like that. So, I mean, it is what it is. If you've never seen it, I think you'd enjoy it the first time you watch it. But if you're watching it all together, if you're watching all the films back to back, you might be a little bit disappointed with uh, Stranger Tides. But it is what it is, and uh, we got a sim a semi decent film. Not a great film, but a good one to say the least. That's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcasts from. 
Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, The Madhouse 21. Be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. We are one more episode left in our Pirates of the Caribbean. That episode will probably drop tomorrow. And then we jump into our new uh, movie marathon, which is the Power Rangers films. Uh, which only There's only three of those. It's the two films from the 90s as well as the 2017 reboot. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, I did get a chance to see... Uh, the Pope's Exorcist. So that episode will be dropping a few. Uh, that episode will be dropping in a few, um, maybe sometime later today, maybe even tomorrow. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness. <laughs>